Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by the brilliant Polly Mackey, aka Art School Girlfriend, who is here for a chat about her incredible new record, Soft Landing, which is released on the 4th of August. Um, Polly, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you and whereabouts are you joining us from? I'm good. I'm just on my sofa in my house, in my living room in East London. Very nice. And um, as I say, thank you for coming on. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Um, and really looking forward to having a chat with you about this record. You know, I've been I've been listening to it for about the last week. And, you know, I, I really liked the first album and I absolutely love the new album as well. I think it's a real... Um, it's uh, it, it kind of feels like it's stepped up even further from from the previous one. It's such a um, and it, it's one of those records that really kind of puts you in a particular space and kind of, you know it's a very atmospheric, very kind of textured record. I've been yeah thoroughly enjoying listening to it. Um, and I just wondered how you're feeling, you know, with it being less than a couple of weeks now away from release. How excited you are about getting this out into the world and kind of letting people hear what you've been working on since uh, since the debut a couple of years ago. Yeah, um well thanks for having me firstly, but um I'm I'm really glad you're enjoying it. It's well, everyone always talks about the difficult second record, don't they? But for this this was definitely the the easy second record for me. I had such fun making it. I think the first album it was quite a protracted process. Like I started writing it and then went through like a huge breakup and moved and then spent ages kind of fine-tuning it, producing it, and then just as we were about to finish, COVID happened, so then it didn't come out for ages. And by the time I was touring it, you know, I was in another relationship. I'd moved on, and like my life had changed so much that it it kind of, it was like a very horrible, sl- slow birth, <laughs> creative birth, whereas this one, I really had a real reaction to that. So what I did was gave myself from April till September last summer, booked in studio time, booked in mixing in, for in advance, and was like, right, I've got this summer to make the record and it going to put it out. And so it really fed into a lot of the ways in which I wrote and also a lot of the production aspects. So it became about kind of capturing first and second take performances rather than me spending ages, you know, fine tuning and, you know, spending a day picking a snare sound. It was like what I feel like is my gut instinct just to kind of really go for that and like capture an, a sense of immediacy. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still really connected to it. Obviously I finished it last summer and then the first single came out that January and it got mixed in the October. So it was very kind of quick turnaround compared to my last one. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's really interesting and I'd, I'd like to come back to that 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 process of working on it in a bit of a kind of more time efficient way um but I'm always curious to speak to people not so much about you know the the kind of the the drawbacks of covid because I think you know that's been spoken about you know to to, to death but yeah I I'm always fascinated by the experience that it is particularly with artists on their debut record when it's been created in and around such a crazy time because it did feel like time mm-hmm was just so warped and skewed at that point so to have a debut album that you know you're ready to release you're ready to put out in the world and then there's this huge delay and then not not just you know covid related stuff but as you say other personal uh circumstances that are very different so by the time you actually get to releasing it and and performing it live and stuff you're you probably feel like you're living in a different world you know what i mean it's a very different headspace how did you find that you know when it came to to getting that album out and performing and stuff like that did you feel 
any sense of disconnect or alienation from that record because it it must have as you say it felt like a very protracted process it must have been a very different record to you yeah. to the one that you initially made if that makes sense i think just especially like there was the before and after covid and then i personally had like a big life shake up um during that time so yeah it was the kind of the before and after feeling and the record in terms of when i was writing it and producing it was like the spring and summer before of the year before covid and it was a really indulgent process because this was the first time i had like written about something that i was like really palpably going through and needed to do it as a sense of release whereas previously i'd written music to kind of figure out how i was feeling yeah it was kind of a form of therapy was this is just like you know very indulgent and also because i was like staying on a friend's sofa in london i moved out of margate it was I was using the studio as literally a place to go all day. So I'd spend 12 hours there trying to make music and letting it all pour out. But it was a really quite like, you know, self-indulgent. I was kind of crying into my laptop vibes. Whereas that then by the time you're playing at four in the afternoon, a festival two years later, it, it, if I, I was a world away from that, everyone kind of had, it was the first time we were all experienced festivals and like a lot of joy since then. And yeah, it, I just was playing these quite like sad, slow, expansive songs. And as much as I absolutely adore that album, I definitely, that was a bit of a catalyst for me to be like, right, I want something that is about the lighter side of life and about joy and kind of like energy and immediacy. So that was, yeah, it was definitely a reaction to that, this album, for sure. Yeah. And when did you begin work on, on this album? You know, was it immediately after you'd finished writing for the previous record? Was it more recent than that? Was it like a post-COVID project? You know, when did the initial ideas and songwriting begin for this album? I was quite lucky. So with COVID, we ended up going to um, my girlfriend's parents' house in the countryside. And we kind of, she's a musician as well. So we both set up like kind of separate studios at the end of of each house and would kind of try and keep a weekday routine of just going there. Mm. But I spent that time doing just production tweaks on my debut record. I found it really hard to write. I thought it would be like, great, I got all this time now. I can just sit and write for 10 weeks in the countryside. But I think just the undercurrent of anxiety and that kind of stuff really had its effect and it, it made it really difficult to find stuff to feel inspired by. But what that I did during that time was a lot of kind of score work. So I scored my friend's short film and uh, my friend's kind of podcast. And they're both quite like philosophical subjects. So it was a lot of kind of really interesting music I was making for it, which used a completely different part of my brain. And that was great because it was a creative outlet, but it wasn't like the pressure of me having to write a song for myself. Mm. It was just like me- making music with a different impetus. Um, so writing for this actually began once life was turning back to normal a little bit and I was back in London and um, had like a studio set up in my room. Um, but I do always like to leave a bit of space for writing in the studio. So some of the songs were kind of half done with like, kind of what I call song starters. And then I would leave space in the, in the, for in the studio to finish those. And then once, once that April started and we went into the studio and I was kind of like, I think I about had about half of the album at that point. I then wrote a track called A Place to Lie. And that, it always happens with every single kind of thing you make, whether it's an EP or an album. You have one track that 
basically is like the light bulb moment or uh, something my girlfriend always says it's like gives the album edges mm. and all of a sudden you're like right this is it this is what the this captures the whole energy and the vibe of the album and then from that it's actually really quickly so I think after that I wrote the next four singles or five tracks from the album within the next two weeks okay. and then brought them into the studio and then it was super quick so yeah I mean how did you find you said that you had a you know almost a a framework within which you wanted to work when writing this album so you weren't going to spend you know tons of takes or you know loads of time working on particular snare sounds or whatever it may be did you have to be quite disciplined with that approach in order to be like no I'm not going to allow myself to sort of sit there for hours and hours or days and days kind of mulling over each individual sound or instrument or sonic aspect was that something you had to kind of you know struggle with or was that a almost like a bit of a freedom in that limitation to kind of go, no, I've got a set amount of time to do this. And, and it makes you, you know, uh, almost quicker at making decisions. How did you, yeah. How did you grapple with that? Did you at any point kind of go, actually, do you know what? I, I want more time. I want to spend a bit more with this and have to fight those instincts and, and those uh, guidelines that you'd set. Yeah. I mean, I was quite, I, I wrote like a manifesto, like not a manifesto. Well, yeah, a manifesto. I wrote like a guideline of, what I wanted this album to sound like and would send that to Riley McIntyre, who is my co-producer. And it was just, again, about connecting with the things. I was kind of like looking backwards and looking forward. So I was looking back to kind of like why I started making music in the first place. And a lot of, I, I got my first drum kit when I was eight and then I got my guitar when I was nine. And I was like in my room with my friend, like, playing like Nirvana and System of Down and Offspring and all of this music with like loads of pace, loads of energy because we were like skaters. And then in my like later teenage years, it was like PJ Harvey and Pixies and Yeah Yeah Yeahs and Warpaint. So then when I, you know, I started Art School Girlfriend after being in bands and making kind of more, not raucous music, but, you know, faster music, and then became a bedroom producer and known for chill music, which was not really how I got into music itself. So alongside that, I've been DJing quite a lot in the last few years, which is, again, about kind of energy and keeping people dancing. So, yeah, I was just like, right, well, I kind of want to get back to that feeling, especially after COVID and not being able to feel, you know, the wall shake in a room yeah. with that kind of energy <clears throat> and so that immediately the bpms went up and i was concentrating a lot on the rhythms and the drums in terms of what they were doing to kind of make me they were making me feel but then also i wanted to get out of the bedroom producer mindset so i didn't really want to look at screens or like be flicking through plugins or thinking about presets or sounds as much i wanted to be making music in the room again like as I did as a kid in a teenage bedroom or like a rehearsal room with my band so we kind of made a point of not really using many digital effects and trying to do effects in the room so that would be like running my vocals through guitar pedals instead of plugins and it it's kind of reacting against the thing that we all like to do in production is making stuff sound really good mm. and you can do that so easily these days with technology and that's you can make stuff sound really wide and massive and infinite, which is kind of what I was doing on my first album. And I was kind of like, no, I want this to sound small and gritty and boxy in a way and let the actual parts do the work instead of the effect. So yeah, we kind of just ended up bringing loads of analog gear into the room and 
being like let's just see what we can do with like running through this and what that makes you do a performance then so if i'm doing like reverb or phasing on my vocal we just run the vocal for the whole track into these pedals and i'm changing all the knobs and it's recording that in and then it's done yeah and that's it and then it doesn't get touched or tweaked and things like that so it was a real quite strict process of not trying to follow the thing of making stuff sound good i was kind of making it not sound as good basically yeah i mean you you mentioned that you were working with a co-producer on the record as well um what was their role in it because i'm always kind of curious to know how artists and producers kind of work together because producer feels increasingly like one of those terms that can mean very different things to uh different artists and you know different different people and i always wonder what the relationship is like between someone who's also a producer in their own right working with another producer yeah. what, what did that collaboration look like Riley McIntyre is he's a really close friend and he was always part of the kind of family at the church studios and I kind of got involved there back in 2016 when Paul Epworth had like set up a record label and just allowed me to use the studios there um and it was very much like a family vibe so you just get to know everyone and me and Riley had always like gotten on well as friends but never made music together at that point And then for my last record we were like hey let's just do a session together like one day to make a track and then I ended up doing half the album with him. And it's that thing where I could definitely make an album on my own if I wanted to, but he is just such a like liberator of ideas. So when I go in the studio with him, we've got so we're we know each other so well musically that it's like he'll be so happy to go down like a rabbit hole with me and I'll be so happy to go down a rabbit hole with him and if it just doesn't work then that's fine but we kind of like we do become like two little kids like just trying stuff out and he does the thing which is like the best quality in a producer which is making the artist feel like a genius basically like he's like a hype man in the room and if I'm like trying to come up with an idea he's like super patient and he'll be there being like hey try this and try that and try that and then you know 3 hours later we've kind of turned a whole track which i thought was finished into something like even better so he's also just one of the best i think engineers in the world so it kind of makes you think about things really kind of without limit so if i'm like hey why don't we like run everything through like three amps and then capture that in the room he'll be like yep yeah, on it and yeah. everything's possible So he's very musical minded but also has just got the sorry that's my dog barking. Got the um engineering stuff to back it up which is incredible. So yeah, it's that thing where it's like I kind of feel like I'm in a band when I'm in the room with him, which is a really nice, nice feeling to get into. Sunny, come here. So I think there's a horse outside. Oi, shush. He honestly never barks except for obviously when I'm recording an interview. Come on. Out. Get down. So okay. I'm surprised my cat hasn't interrupted this one as well. She's normally <laughs> kind of somewhere in the background trying to butt in in front of the uh, in front of the screen. Oh. So um all good. Um I mean I was I wanted to ask you going back to something you mentioned a moment ago with um you know the regards to the music that you initially was making when you first started learning how to play instruments and writing music you know very guitar orientated yeah. sort of uh, heavier stuff was there a moment that that kind of moved you 
towards doing the kind of music that you're making now because obviously it's it's very different to the kind of bands and uh, music that you were describing before when you first started do you remember having a kind of pivotal moment with, with a particular artist or record or something like that that kind of diverted your interests or opened you up to uh the kind of the more atmospheric cinematic type of music that you you make today or was it just like a gradual thing where you just kind of gradually got into more and more different you know varied artists over time yeah i think a bit of both i think the main from a, my own personal production sense i would say it was my old band splitting up and we had quite like strictly always made songs to kind of satisfy all the members so there was always two good parts for two guitars a bass and a drum kit and we had tried to incorporate some electric on electronic elements into it but it tended to hinder us playing live and that was what we were we were like a live band and so we were never that great on record we never managed to capture how good we were live and the studio was not a fun place for me during that band. I hated it. It was like going in and yeah. we'd always come out with something that I was disappointed with. And so that was an impetus in terms of getting better at production and learning the engineering side of it as well. So I could be self-sufficient, but also know how to get what I wanted within a studio as well and have the vocabulary for that. But also then it was like, oh, well, I've been using this palette of colours for so long and now I can do whatever I want because it's just for me and it's music first. Mm. So when you're in a band, you know, you write in a rehearsal room and it's what the tools you have in that space. Whereas this was like making music on a computer first gave me like limitless options. But I had been moving into kind of more atmospheric, but I guess a lot of the music I'd always listened to had a sense of melancholy and atmosphere like Anna Calvi was a huge influence for me growing up and she makes such cinematic music and atmospheres with her guitar, you know? Yeah. And so I feel yeah. like a lot of the, even the electronic music I listened to, if you compared to the fabric of the feelings that it gave you to a lot of the, also the guitar music that I listened to, it, there's a real through line. And even the music that I wrote with my old band compared to what I write with now, like I've got the same guitarist, Jack, who I was in the band with, plays for me now. So we've been playing music together for like 14 years or something. And he like one of the tracks on my new album, he was like, oh, this is like a pure deaf club song from yeah. like our old band. He's like, you can hear that this, this is like still the same writer, even though it's got no guitars on it. So I think Caribou was a big turning point for me back in like 2009. Um, that album really blew my mind because it gave me again a lot of the feelings that I was getting from the guitar music I was listening to but using sounds that I'd never really heard before in that context so yeah he, that was that was I would say definitely an artist that was a big influence from an electronic perspective yeah I mean you you said earlier that you've done some kind of uh film soundtrack work um you know and other projects in in that that kind of field is that something that you uh, continuing to do or was that something that was before uh, you know this you know the art school girlfriend project really took off or is yeah well, is that something that you would still be uh, you know involved in and, and working on yeah I tend to have been lucky in that the bits that I have had have just happened really naturally and it's come through friends um, and I think anything I do in the future I would definitely like to go into that world. I think my music lends itself a little bit to that. 
um, in terms of like atmospheres and kind of sound design. But it's not something I'm completely seeking out now. I feel like I definitely want to be making music in the way that I am currently. But I think in the future, I think soundtrack music would definitely be up my street. It uses a completely different part of my brain, though, I've realised. It's very different in terms of when I've been making it. So I'd definitely be keen on exploring that for sure. Yeah. And I know, obviously, you know, you haven't even released, at the time of recording this, you haven't released, you know, the the, the next album yet. But um, have you... Have you had any thoughts as to what might come after this in terms of, you know, different ways of working, different ideas that you'd like to explore? As you, as you said, it was a very different uh, working and creative process this time around compared to album number one. Do you, were, were there things that you did this time around where you're like, well, that's definitely a mainstay. That's how I'm going to work again in the future. Or do you already have ideas about what you'd like to do differently for, for album number three? Yeah, well, since then, from so in January, I got my own studio that I share with my partner and our friend Chloe Kramer, who's a great producer and engineer. And having that space and the way that I've kind of put that space together has really been informed by the album process that we just had. So I've kind of got outboard effects really in my mind and trying to make noises in the room rather than within the computer so much so yeah I've kind of got everything set up so with a click of a button I can send stuff out to guitar pedals and things so I'm currently working on a remix EP so I'll be taking a few tracks from the album and not just like remixing them but basically doing them in like a different version so it'll be like a 2.0 kind of thing and that's been a really great thing to do again because i'll just be like oh let's send this synth line through all these guitar pedals and that's just really easy to do whereas when i had my studio in my flat that would have been like right well let me go and get my guitar pedals let me find a plug let me set it all up let me do all the routing and by the time that you've done all that stuff the excitement for the idea starts to fade a little bit and that's kind of what my whole thing's about now is just being able to capture those like ideas really quickly and immediately um but yeah, we'll see. I, I definitely want to do some... I want to make some music that I can include in my DJ set. So whether that's these tracks or the remix EP. Um, I'm also doing some like collaboration stuff at the moment with some slightly dancier producers. Um, and then also alternatively doing some like guitar band stuff with some friends as well. Oh, cool. And are you doing any other production work for, for other artists in a producer capacity or, or anything along those lines? Again, like in the same way with like the composing stuff, the stuff that I'm doing at the moment has been really, um, what's the word, just happened really naturally. So I did some engineering for a friend's band uh, in the studio, which was great because that they had this track that they that they perform amazingly live. They're called Pencil. And they're just such an amazing band of amazing musicians. And so my role was just to, engineer it and set up the mics and capture it and that was a really again a really nice role to have of just like sitting and listening and fine-tuning the sounds and then thinking about you know what performance I thought of theirs was great so that was just a purely engineering and mixing um and then for my other friend of kind of again she's like a lot of my friends are musicians so we tend to just like share ideas and so having again having the studio space has been great because they can just like come in for the day and it's like super low pressure we all just like throw some ideas around but I think next year will be me probably actually thinking about doing production for other people a bit more seriously and maybe trying it out with people you know that aren't just like pals 
coming yeah. into the studio vibes. Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, as for taking this album out on the road, um, what what's the setup going to be like as it was, you know, recorded and written in a different way? Do you have different people performing with you this time? Is it going to be a different look when you're, when you're performing these on the stage? What's the, uh, what's the tour going to look like for this album? Yeah, I always, I, because being in a band is kind of in my bones. I don't, I enjoy doing some solo stuff live, but it's never as, as good as playing in a band. I feel like it takes it to another level. And so I like to kind of not, play it exactly how it is on the record but even like try and do it actually quite a bit liver um in the same way again like caribou and mount kimby i think do really really well it's like the live version of the electronic album so i've had a live band which i've had for a while which again includes jack my one of my best mates who used to be in my old band as well and live drums and keys and um bass and kind of trying to play it all live as much as we can. Um, obviously, there's quite a bit of program stuff as well. Um, and then I actually had to do like a duo set up recently because we've got booked to play in Bilbao Festival, Bilbao BBK, but we just couldn't afford to take everyone oh. thanks to increasing costs and Brexit, etc. So um, ended up doing like a hybrid set where I'm kind of doing a lot of synthesis stuff and I've got my drummer then doing the dr- live drums and program drums as well. And then I've got like a stripped back, really kind of small electronic setup that I do solo, which I've kind of done some live session stuff um, stuff for, but never actually done that in a gig yet. So yeah, kind of weird stackable thing that we've got going on at the moment. My favourite is doing it as a five piece though. Yeah, amazing. And uh, when will you be going out on tour? With, uh, with, so yeah. we've got November as our UK tour. Um, got a couple of festivals until then, and then hopefully it seems to be going well so far. We're going to be going to Europe in February, I think. Okay, fantastic. Well, Polly, thank you so much once again for uh, taking the time to have a chat with us, and um, you know, we wish you all the very best with the record and um, and with the tour as well. As I said, I've, I've been absolutely loving listening to it. I think it's, a, it's one of my favourite albums of the year so far. So, uh, oh, amazing! Yeah, it's been a real so pleasure to, uh, to to hear all about how it came together. So, thank you very much, and uh, yeah, all the best. Thank you for having me. It was nice to chat. Thank you. Cheers. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.